0: To Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners, inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and masters-level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes. We hope to spread the message that there is no one size fits all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, Strong Runner Chicks, welcome back to another episode of SRC Radio. Today we're joined by Therese Heiss. I'm going to read a little bit about Therese, in case you don't know her. Um, her pronouns are she, her. She's an Ohio native from the Cleveland area, um, an LGBTQ plus community member. She is an OutRun ambassador, which is a platform helping with running inclus- inclusivity. Um, mental health advocate, a collegiate and professional runner for um, University of Arkansas, previously, and Golden Coast Track Club. So. I'm really excited to chat with you and get to learn more about you. Um, First question that we have is just what has been new in your life lately?
1: All right. Uh, Thank you for having me. And I guess new in my life, uh, everything has felt new. I feel like over the past six months, Um, for seven years, I've been like a dedicated college student and then runner just running has been very consistent and six or so months ago i decided to kind of step away from that and move back to ohio and and eventually get into coaching so the newest step for me has been actually pursuing the coaching aspect um i moved to toledo which is two and a half hours from cleveland which is where i'm originally from um, In Ohio and to get into like the volunteer coaching scene and that was at the beginning of October yeah
0: so many changes it sounds like and we've been following along um, both with you on Instagram and also on your recent podcasts. so I'm really excited to get to learn more about all these new changes in life and I know in the world there's a lot happening too so it's like there's just obviously so much um, with COVID and just politically, socially, um, yeah. What is, um, something maybe right now that you're excited about? We saw you've been catching up in, um, in terms of like running. And then we recorded, a or we just noticed you did a pretty major bike ride. So that looked really cool too.
1: Yeah, I guess, um, I think with, I would actually said this the other day, like with change comes a lot of room for growth and like new opportunities, so since stepping away from that professional running, um, kind of just like monolithic like lifestyle or whatever, um, I am able to pick up new adventures. And so like one of those was biking with my brother and friend from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Washington DC, just kind of to take in foliage. And I think I just wanted to take this step before, diving into coaching, which I am truly excited about, but sometimes I need to do something uh, just maybe outdoorsy, just get a little bit outside of the space, simple lifestyle camping, whatever, um, and to recenter myself. So I've been trying to do a lot more of that lately. And then also I'm just like super excited about getting into the coaching world. So those are two great things.
2: Yeah totally get you with like um having all this change and needing to take some time just before, for yourself before you jump into something new um and also I I'm a Bowling Green alum so I <laughs> I um, exactly yeah, so where you are and I've been seeing all your pictures so I'm like oh my gosh I miss running at Sidecut and all these different places you've been running so that's been pretty cool to see
1: that is so cool I had no idea small world
2: yeah yeah just-
1: Uh, Bowling Green for they hosted an invite uh, yesterday
2: yes yes I saw all the pictures Um, I still have a couple of friends that are still on the team Um, a girl from my high school as well who's still running and I saw that um, the girl from Bowling Green won yesterday so that's pretty cool Yeah, (laughs) rarely happens
1: (laughs) yeah she rocked it for sure
2: well that's awesome that's so cool that you got to be there and be cheering so How has that transition been now that you kind of are starting to get into it? I know that they're having a conference meet, the Mid-American Conference is having a conference meet. Hopefully, hopefully all goes well for that. So how are you feeling about all that?
1: Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good and excited. Like we had just said, Um, it has been very different. Like it has not been what I thought my coaching experience would start out at just with Mm -hmm all of the restrictions with COVID. Um, I feel like I'm having, I'm gonna continue to work on this, but having not a hard time connecting with everyone. It's just a slower process. Like mm-hmm. I just really want to respect everyone's space and we're trying to be super careful about in-person contact. So um, I'm really just interacting with everyone on when like we have runs and stuff. So it's taking a little bit longer to get to know everyone. But um, I'm still like really excited about making these like new connections. Um and seeing where like my role kind of fits in. So I've ha- gotten to have a couple of meetings with uh some of our freshmen about just, you know, their place and everything, because it's their first, their first races or season, first college seasons happening now, and I just can't imagine how hectic it feels to go from not feeling like you're having a season all of a sudden it was like oh our first race is in a week and then we have another one a week after that and then conferences in two weeks and by the way like no one better get COVID everyone like isolate because if someone tests positive like we don't get to go to conference anymore and it's just like so different than anything I'd ever experienced and I'm yeah I'm just trying to fit a role of trying to you know keep everyone calm and moving in the right direction and adjusting, I guess, um, to COVID rules and then the freshmen just to COVID college, I guess. Yeah.
0: What a time to start a coaching career, though. I feel like if you can make it through this, you'll be able to make it through any season after this. So...
1: Yeah. Um, definitely so. Unique.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to jump back to talking about how you first got started in running. Um, where did you grow up and how did you first get involved in running or athletics?
1: So um, my parents were uh, really enjoyed like the sport of soccer. So my siblings and I all played soccer growing up. That was the only sport I wouldn't say that it was like pushed upon us, but like They just signed us up to play soccer, and I played soccer for a long time. Um, And somewhere in there, one of my teammates pulled me along to her, um, like, CYO, which, like, Catholic Youth Organization, cross-country, like, practices and meets, and I just took off in that environment. Um, I think, like, the pure competitiveness of the sport, and that was probably back in, I think it was like fifth grade. So it was a long time ago, but it was very recreational. Um, And I continued to run and play soccer for a little bit. But once I hit high school, you really had to pick like cross country or soccer. And I ended up picking cross country just the the women on my high school cross country team were incredible. Like I still look up to them so much. um, And it was kind of a no brainer to want to be surrounded by them. Um, And yeah, I've never (laughs) regretted that decision. So uh, through high school, had a great time running and it eventually led me to wanting to run D1. And then I attended University of Oregon for my freshman year, University of Arkansas, and then on to running professionally for a little bit.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, So with um, your transition from U of O to Arkansas, And um, we listened to you on Convos and Cold Brew with Emma, which was a really fun conversation. Highly recommend people tune in. Um, You talked about Arkansas involving just this different experience with such a big team, um, rather than going like toward, you know, maybe to a smaller school or staying at UO. How did you make this choice to transfer and what were some of the highlights of your experience?
1: Um, So I think, Like, I just like to be like totally transparent um, on like my transfer process. So um, it was transferring was really hard on me, but also fortunately I was in good relations with my Oregon coach, um, Marisa Powell at the time. And she and I kind of determined that Oregon maybe wasn't the right place for me and um, so she actually helped me get into contact with other coaches. And from her guidance, um I kind of looked around and I ended up I was really just looking at large schools again. I think out of high school, I had been a part of this large team. Um I didn't necessarily realize it was that large at the time, but we we were state champions in, in track. So I guess I was familiar with like this well-rounded. Um, whatever team and so I just continued to look at schools like that. Um, I had a great that year regionals my freshman year had been hosted at at University of Arkansas in Fayetteville so I didn't even end up taking a visit. Um, I just had seen the campus thought it was great had a great conversation with a coach um, Lance Harder met him when he came for nationals. Um, in Eugene. So I had already started my process then, um, or I think it was junior national, so it would have been a little bit later into the summer. And really, for me, I was very focused on taking the financial burden away from myself and my parents. And so I kind of went with that route. Um, so and I and I just think that there's no shame in whatever like will make you the most comfortable and then making that choice to go to that school like I really think that that showed because I took off in my running I think having less of a burden of like finances on myself so um yeah I just like to be totally open about that um and then the highlights of being at Arkansas in general was definitely the team experience I had there um I care so much about all of my teammates. They have become my closest friends and I know will be lifelong friends. Um, I think I made tons of connections um, with tons of incredible people that I otherwise wouldn't have. And I just truly value that. Um, and I think to go a little bit further with being in a large program instead of going to a smaller one is the web nationally that I think I created with connections. So Mm -hmm. the amount that we traveled in the Arkansas group to other schools allowed me to meet so many other coaches, travel all these other places where I could start setting down roots or making connections with these people, expanding my web so that I just think I'm very comfortable like to be mobile in the future. So I really value that from my experience at Arkansas.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm really glad that it worked out that way. And I'm wondering at the time if you um, you had noted that you double majored kind of jokingly in biochemistry and running. Having majored in biochem, were you already thinking about either professional running and or coaching when you were making these connections? No, <laughs>
1: definitely not. Um, I laugh at myself all the time for like the major that I chose. Um, I, I do wish, I think, that I had taken some more time or sought out a little more guidance when deciding um, which major to commit to. I will give myself credit. When I started college, I was very science-oriented, really enjoyed science, um, had talked a lot with my parents about going like a medical route, so that was Where I started my initial journey on the science path was pre med. Um, I ended up just doing biochemistry. I think when I looked at all my credits, when it was time to declare my major, that I was like, yeah, let's just do this one. (laughs) I just feel Um, like
0: choosing biochem out of everything is like, I'm just going to do biochem.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. I just like laugh at myself because I'm, I seriously like, why? There wasn't time where I was like you know what pharmacy school like maybe I don't want to go to med school anymore but maybe pharmacy school is the place for me um decided not but um yeah today now I'm always I'm thinking about so many other things um I even like have thought about going back to school one day um just to enhance like my ability either as a coach or going to like sports psych things like that, Um, which I'm like, wow, I kind of wish I had done that in the first like four and a half years. But you know, we are where we are. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Life.
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like so hard going into college to know exactly your route. And I think you've done like a phenomenal job, it seems of just like, maneuvering with life and, you know, adapting to change and also not letting anyone determine your path either. So. Thank you.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: A lot of pivoting. <laughs> yeah. Pivoting. Yeah. That could be like a whole that. topic of this episode. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh,
2: so also you did professional running. And so actually this is a new thing I learned. I didn't know that you interviewed teams for professional, like to figure out which professional running group you wanted to be a part of. So did you like what was that process like for either people who are interested or people like me who are like have no clue how that process even works?
1: um so i think i probably had a bit of a unique experience um so nikki hiltz and i were dating at the time and we really wanted to go to to a group together so we did a lot of those we did i shouldn't even say a lot we did one interview together or actually now that i'm i haven't relived this in a really long time um we talked with several different groups and we each had our own conversations, um, whether in person or over the phone with, with the head coach of those groups. Um, and then would like talk with the people on the team for those groups. And then Nikki and I would come back together and kind of talk about how like we felt the fit was. And, um, I know that we never actually took any visits, but I know that people, um, like athletes looking to join groups sometimes take visits like when you're visiting schools, like to attend for college, Um, they'll like go and visit and take trips to visit groups and see what the running's like, what the team is like, you know, what life would look like for them. We didn't do that. Um, I don't even, I don't know how that actually like is set up or works out. And it might be that um, some groups have budgets Um, so we had looked at Brooks PR, which I think that would be an example of a group that probably has a budget, but we didn't end up maybe like there wasn't enough time to take trips. I think that might be time sensitive. So, um, but through our conversations, we decided that we had the best fit with Terrence Mann, the Golden Coast Track Club, and decided that San Diego, I think the pull of California was a big part of it. Um, and we definitely liked, um you know, we paid attention to brands a little bit too. And if we signed with that group, um, Adidas would have been the sponsor. And I think we liked the idea of that. So um,
2: that's really neat. Yeah, Yeah, no, thanks for sharing a little bit more about that. And so you did professional running. I could be wrong. Did you do it for like a year and a year and a half? Was that right?
1: It was something like that, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I graduated at, professional running is such like a loose term kind of. Um, I mean, if you're lined up on a line and, or for a race and like, you could be, you know, unattached anything, but technically mm-hmm. you're still a part of a pro field. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have like a group or a brand association.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, in that sense, like I started running professionally as soon as I graduated in December of 2017. Um, I started pacing uh, collegiate races, some pro races. I co- I um, paced the Milrose Wanamaker mile um, right after graduating. Um, Nikki was in that field, which was super fun. Um, and I did like road champs and all of that was unattached. like. Um, I had someone helping me kind of contact race directors and figuring out logistics. Cause a lot of times races will have budgets that can like help support you um, while you're out there. And then once Nikki and I, uh, decided to go to California, then it was like more associated with Adidas following, like traveling with our group, doing like running camps with our group. And I think that lasted for a year
0: and a half. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Looking back, I feel like this is kind of a loaded question, but would you like do the same things and make the same decisions that you did coming out of college?
1: Um, wow, it's, I feel like that's such a loaded question. Um, but I, I wanna say yes. Like I just think that it's better to have that attitude mm-hmm. and to just think about that I have all the experiences I have so that I can be where I am now or continue to go to where I'm going and trust that that's a good place. Um, So I would say yes, I think that I would love to maybe have little meetings with myself along the way. Um, So maybe I could rise up a little more, I think, because I do think I could have done, really rose to some occasions a little bit better than I had but that's all in the learning process. So um, yeah, I mean, in reflection, like I feel like I was like very fortunate in the connections that I made after college too. Like I learned so much in those two years of professional running, um, how things worked. um, And Terrence Mann is like, and his wife, Jen Rines, like they are so knowledgeable of the sport. And I just, I mean, I, I learned so much from them that I know that I'll be applying for the rest of my life for sure. So I, I cannot, I would not change that for anything.
0: Good. Yeah. I knew kind of asking that it was a bit of a, bit of a loaded question, but it is, I, I know that it's not met without challenge. Right. And mm-hmm. um we did have a listener question. We have quite a few people asking about injury. Um, I know that was something you were challenged with. I'm wondering with, just injury and maybe like finding identity outside of sport, if you could speak to those a little bit more, either in college or post-collegiately and how you kind of navigated those too.
1: Yeah. So I was really fortunate in college to never, I was never injured all through college. Um, After joining golden coast track club um, in fall, late fall of 2018, I ended up having my first injury, which was um, a stint with like IT band syndrome. Um, And that did really set me back maybe like a month or so. So I think the best thing, and I've been dealing with that ever since, it's really my running style, puts a lot of load on my quads um, and puts a lot of stress on my IT bands. So since that experience, I've learned to really listen to my body Um, because I fought through it for so long initially, Um, really just continuing to run, not paying attention to the signs that I was making things worse. And that ultimately led me to spending our entire first um, altitude training camp on a bicycle, Um, not being able to participate uh, in most of the workouts, pretty much any of the runs. So I would just say, When battling with injury, like definitely listen to your body and be open to communicate with your trainer, your physical therapist, your coach, like whoever it is that you go to, um, to go over those things, be an open communication, listen, and really like, don't push yourself because it can really end up setting you way further back than you realize. Um, So that would be that recommendation. Another would be don't lose yourself like in your injury, you know, like it is so important to have identity like outside of sport. You're way more than running results. You're way more than your last good workout. Um, It's just really important to have other things to focus that energy on. And that will give you a really nice holistic approach and a nice balance to everything so that You know you're getting your rehab done you're in a a happy and healthy way instead of you know just sitting there and wishing that it this wasn't the situation you're in you know you're going to be kind of okay with everything that's happening and you're going to be able to trust the process more when you have something outside of running that you see value in um whether that's school or like some other group that you're a part of um where you're focused on your career path, or I'm, oddly, this is so strange, but it took me a long time to realize that, like, I really enjoy, like, an creative outlet, and, like, the ways that I create for me end up, like, really helping me see value in myself outside of running, so, like, that's, that's what I do.
0: (laughs) I don't think that's weird at all. That's really neat. Are you into, like, art, or do you have any like the sketching.
1: Is, <laughs> that's like the weird thing that t- I feel like it took me so long to embrace that because I'm I'm not like a I'm not good at drawing I'm not I don't see myself as like overly talented I just realized that it's something that brings me so much joy um, like writing poetry or just you mm-hmm. know writing out a word that means something to me and taking time to like color it in with colors that whole like light for me and like meaning or something and like taking that time is like very therapeutic and then that has like really like built into I think my career choice and so like being able to see those things that I value through that creative outlet and artsy side and then like having it build courage in myself for my coaching side is kind of um so it's really young in a way and like I'm not I can't say like I'm into anything really specific but I think I guess I would say like I lean towards poetry um but I'm not gonna like quit <laughs> anything I love it yeah myself so
0: waiting oh. on a poetry book from you in the future <laughs> maybe that would be pretty cool
2: <laughs> poetry is so amazing because it's you don't have to be great with it it's just write down words. And we actually, Megan and I, a friend of ours, just wrote a poetry book. Sarah did.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do it a French. She just started with blogging, too. It was just like blogging for, I don't know, 30 days or so, and then she came up with a book. So, oh gosh, hey, could happen. Start with those Instagram captions. and <laughs> like, Yeah, I love it. Um, I want to address this question because we really didn't go into, like, how you came to the decision to leave professional running, and um, we kind of alluded to it, but like I'm sure that wasn't an easy choice. Um, How did you decide to make that choice, and what was sort of like the process or like the kind of the pros and cons that you, the things you had to leave behind, um, especially given like the timeline, right? Like at the beginning of this year with so much else going on. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So I had been like, so I kind of, I should have addressed this with the injury side, but I would almost say like my, my anxiety and like my mental side, um, my mentality towards running was like really inhibiting my performance. And so almost in the sense it was like, it's like an injury in a way. I, I don't know if that's right to make that comparison but anyway um i i think it was in february that i finally took the time to sign up for sign up that sounds so weird i made an appointment with like a sports psych Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and through my journey like with the sports psych we basically determined that there was no progress to be made at this point in time in running um and that was really painful, but I also, it was also very like relieving, um, because I I had put in so much work for so long and I was just waiting to see a good result. And the crazy thing that I've like reflected on now is that there were good results, but they were never good enough. And I was so hard on myself all the time and fixated on all these negative things that even though there were good results, I would just you know, end up falling back into a hole and then, you know, finishing last again. And that felt like I had to dig my way out. And so in conversations with my therapist, we just determined that this was not a happy road for me and, um, or healthy. I should really, it was not a healthy road. Mm -hmm. So I, it was just time to call it. And I think, I, it all just kind of happened at once, I guess. Um, I remember I actually raced, I think it was right around St. Patrick's Day. And I had, I'd had this conversation, you know, with the therapist. She didn't tell me that I needed to quit. We had just talked about like how running was fitting into my life. And I was understanding that it wasn't great. And I raced at St. Patrick's Patrick say, a downhill mile and um, a 5k. And I I actually won the mile, which I was like, it was like nothing spectacular or anything, but hey, when you're battling, um, you know, with race anxiety and performance stress and your mentality around sport is not great. A win is a, is a big deal. Like I knew that I had showed up and I had done a good job um, with, focusing on executing a race and then I was running the 5k and I just remember thinking I don't like this anymore and and I finished the race and Nikki was there and I was just like this I'm I'm done like this is not this is not the journey that I want to be on anymore and that was really hard and sad because I do love running so much but I just I knew that it wasn't what it should be anymore and that to move forward in my life. Like I had to step away from that and that if I were to continue on this path, it would just be this uphill battle forever. Like I did not see it. I just saw it getting worse. Um, so kind of like dark, but I mean, that was the reality of it for me. And today, like I am very happy with making that decision. Um, And it was really hard, you know, like it was not just some simple thing. Like those were some dark times and today, you know, I am running again and I'm running, I'm dreaming about running competitively again. And so it's just like, I knew that I needed to take that time and that step away um, to be here now. And, and it's, it did not happen in like a week or two off. Uh, I think it was more like, four or five months of patching together runs sometimes getting overexcited and then then I have my IT band flares up or whatever you know you can't just dive back in where you left off so um yeah that that's kind of the quitting running for me yeah thank
0: you for sharing I know that cannot be an easy decision really appreciate you being so transparent with how you kind of came to that. And, you know, it sounds like it's, um, I don't know, paid off is the right word, but like you're seeing it full circle now in a way. Definitely, definitely.
2: And it's something too that adds to just like your, I would like say toolbox as like a coach, because you've had these experiences and it just makes you more relatable to your athletes who, when they're dealing with these same struggles, um, it just helps you to find, pull somebody aside and have those
0: conversations and, and help them through.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that for mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah. Um something else I wanted to highlight cuz I could definitely relate to some of what you talked about in Emma's podcast about body image, comparison, I don't have to look a certain way to be happy, like coming to those conclusions or feeling like what if I was different, would I be better? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much my experience too. And I feel like it's all too common in collegiate running or professional running, even just in general, um, you know, in sports. So how have you navigated um, both like comparison and body image? And are there any realizations that you try to incorporate, like as a coach with your athletes now?
1: Um, I haven't had to, I haven't had any moments with athletes yet, but um, in talking with coach Andrea McDonough, who's the head coach and director here at University of Toledo, we talk a lot about focusing on fueling and like the right kind of fueling. Um, If, and like, if those, I know that she has those conversations with her athletes, I've not been in that position yet. Um, but when I, when I am, I definitely think I will like maintain that focus of saying like, you know, what are you feeling with after you do a hard effort? Are you going home and are you having your protein? You know, um, are you hydrating? We'll talk about that. Uh, and then if it comes down to someone, some, I don't think I would ever bring up your size or body image or anything like that but if it were brought to my attention or brought up to me that maybe someone's struggling with their confidence or with around their body image or maybe they're thinking that their size is an issue for how they're running then in that scenario I would kind of when it comes to your confidence in yourself I would definitely walk through um something that's worked for me and, and now specifically more than ever is looking at myself and thinking, okay, no, this, I don't look like how I looked when I was running 70 miles a week over a year plus, you know, but wow, like look at what I did today and like my body like allowed me to do that today. there is no need for me to compare myself to who I was like I should be I should be present with where I'm at and I should not be hard on my body um, for what I already put it through today like if let's say I'm running or weightlifting like it's done enough for me I don't need to pick on it if it's not the right size Um, so I think that I would try to focus on that with the athletes say hey like, your body did this for you today, there is no reason to be critical of, like, what you look, like, what you look like has nothing to do with your the workout. It has nothing, they're not related, and at the end of the year, if you do all of the work that you've done, like, you should be proud of your body, and chances are, if you're feeling right and whatever, like, you're going to be, like, what your athlete peak performance self is, and that's not, should not be related to even who you were in the past because it's just different and certainly not related to other people.
0: Um. Hey, strong runner chicks, just letting you know, if you haven't already left an iTunes review, we would love it so much. If you could just do a quick rating or review helps us out a lot and be sure to share this episode with someone who could use it. I also wanted to share, if you're not already on our email list, you can do so by visiting our website, strongrunnerchicks.com, and from there, we're going to be sending out a few workshop announcements for this upcoming uh, two weeks. So One of those is an intuitive training and movement workshop that I will be hosting this upcoming Sunday. It's free to attend, so you can reach out to me directly or through Strong Runner Chicks if you'd like to join in addition, we're also doing a reflection on 2020, as well as an intention setting workshop for the upcoming new year. So again, that's going out to our email list this week. Be sure you're on there. And lastly, we're doing a giveaway with Racing Grayson, Grayson Murphy this week, which we're really stoked for. She is giving away a training journal to one lucky winner with SRC. So again, be sure to check that out. and. That is all. Have an awesome rest of your day and enjoy the rest of this episode. Recording, we are back with Coach Heiss, just giving us the the real rundown, which I was like so into. And uh, of course, our Zoom call dropped, but we're back now. Um, so, kind of in in conclusion, I think you know, just I just love what you're all about. Like you're an advocate in so many ways, and. Um, you know, really just doing a whole lot, I really want to touch on um, a new organization that you're a part of called OutRun. Can you tell us what that is? And, um, you know, how that all ties in with your message, both as a coach and your experience as an athlete?
1: Definitely. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought it up. Um, So OutRun is an organization um, kind of started by uh, these two women in Denver, Colorado, um, Addie Bracey and Corey Connor. Um, and I met them, uh, back in 2019. Gosh, wow. And (laughs) forever ago. (laughs) Yeah, we met, he's really shouldn't, I don't know why that was so hard for me. Um, (laughs) but we, actually went to host or they were hosting um nikki and i for a podcast that we like forgot the recording material so it never even happened Um, (laughs) ended up just having super raw uh conversation and when i um went back to cleveland uh at the start of COVID or quarantine i um they reached out to me and just were like hey you're going through these changes now no pressure but if you have room in your life would you like to join us like on this endeavor to totally like open the community to everyone? We want, we want more runners to see runners like us. We want more runners to see runners like everyone so that there's just like room for all people to feel included in the sport of running. Um, We adding have just been so passionate about, how closed off! Like a lot of the language um, on like race sign-up sheets can be, you know, mm-hmm. just like gender specificity, specific, like hard, <laughs> <a> hard word <laughs> specificity, <laughs> um, and like just like call, I think we're not really gonna. There's huge dreams around outrun, and I think mm-hmm. the start is just to show. LGBTQ members, and then since we had that conversation, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement has really built a lot of momentum, and I think we'd love to incorporate a ton of, like, visibility of different races in running culture, um, and that's really what we're all about, is just young people seeing, um, a very diverse group of people running to look up to, to want to join the sport um, and just keep like the momentum going of running as like a totally inclusive sport is I think our goal. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just to add, like, I'm, I'm so excited, but so bummed like with COVID right now. Cause I just, I think like the biggest part of this group is going to be nationwide, like group runs and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's the point of the ambassadors, is just like to start hosting um, local like chapters and runs or whatever, just to really have roots in every community. Um, But obviously I'm I'm not gonna do that until it makes sense, there's time or if I become really antsy and wanna host like masked distance runs or something, but um, not yet. But that's kind of what OutRun's all about. And it's really like an awesome thing that's happening. So everyone should totally check it out.
2: Yeah, I checked it out, but it's been a little bit because I remember I checked it out when you first talked about it. But curious question, is this something that like anybody like can join, like to join to be a part of the group? Or as you said, like you're going to have group runs, just something that you show up to that maybe you don't have to join. um, Or like, I'm just like imagining like you're joining this and paying a fee or, or something like
1: that. Oh, um. Definitely not paying a fee. Um, my my vision, like, with, like, my group would just be, like, I'm associated with OutRun. Um, this is an OutRun run, so we're gonna, mm-hmm. like, abide by, like, what we OutRun stand for, but you don't need to buy, like, a t-shirt, you know, to show mm-hmm. up. You know, maybe I'll have, like, stuff merch, to give sure. away yeah. or like if yeah. you want to go online and buy your own merch like you can do that but the whole mm-hmm. point is like everyone's welcome at these runs it's to engage with one another build community um and just build comfort like for people to go for runs I think that in this time more than ever I've been open to the concept that we're not all equal in being able to just go for a run mm-hmm. and like that makes me sad and but i I understand it and i understand that it was like my privilege that i didn't know that before um so to be able to create a space um that you know anyone who before maybe didn't feel comfortable going for a run alone or in wherever they are somehow like to be able to create a space that we can all go for a run together i think is just that's my goal um yeah
2: yeah, yeah and, and then just a space to share like common differences or common things as you mentioned like now this is going to get me thinking a little bit more too about like race signups and just like races and how inclusive they are i saw um allison this year i don't know if either of you did she had like a survey like a running survey she put out um kind of like um the like a survey for like the the census. Um, It it was like a running census, which was really interesting. I did it. I don't know, again, I don't know if either of you heard of it or did this, but um, it was really interesting, some just interesting thoughts and questions that I'd never been thought of before. I'm like, wow, like when I approach a different race or sign up for one, like I'm going to be observing more like the race website, who's represented in this website, what language is being used to sign up for this race, um, which is something to bring to light that I'd never even thought of or had really paid much attention to.
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I had not seen that. Wow. Yeah.
2: It was on LinkedIn is where I found it, Um, but she was trying to share it around anymore. I'm not sure if she's still That's sharing awesome. it. I'll, well, I'll see if, if I is, can find we'll it.
0: Share. Yeah, definitely very cool. Um, I also wanted to ask you if there's anything that, like, coaches who are listening or athletes who are listening can do to make their space more inclusive, um, not to the LGBT, um, LGBTQ plus community, but also to, like, just be more inclusive in general, anything that you're working on, like as a coach or making sure to do.
1: Um, I would say like, you need to be like open. Um, You need to be open to hearing. You need to be open to seeing things that maybe aren't being said and then open to having maybe challenging conversations, but also just creating a space where your athletes feel comfortable to come to you like, when they're ready with any of their concerns. Um, So it could start as, like, a group um, thing where you say, hey, I want to start working on this. And it's not like, hey, in front of everyone right now, like, come forward. It's just saying, hey, I care about these things. Um, I want to create a space for everyone, whatever. Um, And then it could be setting up Office hours to kind of encourage that, but build relation It's all about like building relationships with everyone and having them feel comfortable. Um, and then just being open and listen and totally non judgmental, um, open to learning. Cause I think that that's like what this is all about right now is like, how can we be better? Know that you don't have the answers necessarily, um, but let's figure it out together. Um, and I think if you can create, that's kind of like, just like create that environment. And then hopefully that scenario will happen where someone can come to you and say, hey, this happened, or like, I kind of feel this way sometimes. What can we do about that? And then
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: where progress happens, I think. So,
2: Definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So much in just being open, I think, being open and open to learning <laughs> and admitting you don't know it all. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, sitting on admitting. Yeah. I don't like, oh, we just need a training on this. But a lot of times it's a lot more than that. It's like lending a, an ear to listen. Yeah. Um one of our last questions is what does being a strong runner chick mean to you?
1: Ooh. Um I was I was thinking about this. Um I think it's it's making like the most of your platform in a way um it's being an example for others um it's showing up every day um and that's not necessarily like being some like loud advocate but it's just exemplifying a good person in sport and i think that's just what being like a strong runner chick is yeah thank you for
2: sharing i I always say this in every episode, but it's so nice to hear everyone's different perspectives on one question, which also goes to show just how different we all are and just the ways we need to come together with these different perspectives that we have.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, And then as we wrap up, what are some ways that others can connect with you um, and are also if they're interested in joining out Run and getting more involved with that? um, Where can we direct those people to?
1: Yeah. So I have two Instagram pages and that's it for me on social media. So I have kind of my personal account, which is Teresa Heiss. I think that's it. Teresa underscore
0: Heiss. Uh, Oh, we got uh, the underscore on here. Yeah.
1: Okay. And then the (laughs) other one is I think coach underscore Heiss. Um, And then Outrun has a website, um, outrunning.com um and then they also have an Instagram page and then you can follow Addie and Corey as well who do a like they run the Instagram page and then also their own pages which a lot of it are a lot of those are linked together um yeah I think that's pretty much (laughs) much it for my social media yeah
0: cool cool Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on. Um, It was great chatting with you and really appreciate your authenticity and just sharing your experiences really helps, I think, helps others. Thank
1: you so much for
0: having me. I I love chatting away like this. So thank you for the opportunity absolutely yeah and be sure if you're listening to tune in to um as i mentioned teresa's been on emma's podcast you've been on a number of podcasts so just go check her out on apple itunes um social sport pod so both emma's and those are some great episodes too thank you Yeah. yeah yeah all right um well that is all for today have a great rest of your day if you're listening and we'll talk soon
2: Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.